former Red Wings head coach Jeff Blaschel is apparently connected to the Florida Panthers. Claude Giroux speaks out on his upcoming free agency, and we continue talking about the conference final on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, June 10th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Rwanda Velez from pantherparkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, who will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, uh, we're at this point, I've lost count of the days since the Panthers got eliminated and the announcement to be of whether the the Panthers are going to continue with Andrew Burnett as the head coach of the Panthers. But there has still been a little bit of conversation around the NHL sphere about who could or or isn't connected to the Florida Panthers as far as a, a, a possible head coaching vacancy. I mean, there's still quite a bit of uh, head coaching vacancies around the National Hockey League. And there's still three other teams that still have to make decisions on their interim coaches. Those are the Florida Panthers currently. That is the Chicago Blackhawks with Derek King and Jay Woodcroft of the Edmonton Oilers. But many people around the National Hockey League would be thinking that with the Edmonton Oilers making the conference final, that chances are that Jay Woodcroft would stay as the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. But let's let me bring in my guest here on the show. It's a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. It's Nick Fairbanks. Nick, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Armando. Thank you for having me on again. And uh, I think we're twinning today with the old uh, glasses look today. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Switch it, switch it up here. I switch it up here and there. Usually, when I'm at home, it's usually when I like to go with the glasses look because if if I'm out. If, if I'm out in public, like usually when I'm sweating, I like wipe, I wipe my face too much. And then to, uh, and then to, uh, and then like the smudges and all that stuff, it's, uh, it's a little annoying. So definitely a, a look that I like to keep at home, uh, more than when I, when I go out, usually I like to wear the contacts, but yeah, man, um, let, let's get into this, man. Um, so Elliot Friedman on 32 th- thoughts. Uh, towards the end of uh, their most recent show uh, was talk about the possibility of former Red Wings head coach Jeff Blaschel uh, coming to the Florida Panthers if the Florida Panthers do decide that Andrew Burnett, that they would let go of Andrew Burnett. And let's let's read a little bit of his uh, resume uh, about Jeff Blaschel. Detroit native, he born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, so grew, probably grew up a Red Wings fan um, throughout mm-hmm. all, all those years. A a person who's taken Western Michigan to the Frozen Four, 
uh, hired under Mike Babcock uh, during the time when he was coached there uh, and coached the AHL affiliate in Grand in the Grand Rapids Griffins. Won the Calder Cup in 2013, coached the year in 2014, 340 wins slash 90 point seasons, and won seven of nine playoff series. But the NHL record is not up to par. Only one playoff appearance, and that was his first appearance, um, first year at the helm in uh, Detroit. No pun intended with uh, Darren Helm, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> record of 204, 261, and 72. And this was, I, I also. I also it's the, it wasn't also it wasn't surprising when Steve Eiserman let Jeff Blaschel go because Eiserman arrived there back in Detroit in 2019. So every GM wants to have their guy. Even and I spoke about Bill Zito wanting to get his his guy a little bit. And so now Steve Eiserman has his chance to get his guy. And of course when when you talk about developing players and at the lower level, like what Jeff Blaschel did at Western Michigan and in the AHL, that, that's cool and all. But as far as the NHL level and as far as a long leash as well, it, it was a very long one uh, for him in Detroit. And no, only one play, once again, only one playoff appearance and didn't help the Red Wings get, get to that next level where they needed to. And of course, this was a team that was stripped down. This was a team that went in rebuild mode, and, but still, I don't know if I want a, a coach that was that had six years of of a team rebuilding to for for a team in the Florida Panthers that's ready to win now. Your thoughts, sir? So I, I'm going to go off the cuff with this one. Um, I was shocked. I was kind of appalled that this name was even brought up uh, in conjunction with the Florida Panthers. Um, knowing my background, uh, I'm married to a very beautiful woman that is a Detroit Red Wings fan. So I get to hear the other side of, you know, how Detroit operates and, you know, what their um, opportunities are within the organization. And, you know, Steve Yeiserman is a very smart individual. He's the main architect for the, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning and what they're doing right now. Um, he's doing something very similar in Detroit, um, which is part of the reason why I think Jeff Blaschel has gotten such a long leash. Um, the, his one playoff appearance had uh, you had Zetterberg, you had Datsuk, you had Cronwall, um, you had all of those name players. And as soon as, you know, they left, they didn't really have an opportunity to actually, you know, make the postseason again. And they've been rebuilding, as you said, for the last six years. So that's why he got the long leash. There was no point in bringing in another coach and spending money on another coach that, um, you know, was going to try and develop players. I mean, his track record is immaculate when it comes to that. However, when it comes to the Florida Panthers, they're on the opposite side of that spectrum. So they're in a win now mode and, you know, you need to bring in somebody who's proven, who knows how to make decisions and who, you know, we talked about this can make um, decisions on the fly and adjustments when they need to. Um, unfortunately, Andrew Burnett was not able to do that um, in the Tampa Bay series quick enough in order to even secure a game or two. So um, the other thing, that kind of is concerning to me with this report is if, if Florida is really entertaining Blaschel, um, I wonder what that says about what ownership's thinking or what maybe uh, Bill Zito's thinking. Um, maybe they're looking to make a change and probably not have a $5 million coach that, you know, they, they want to have, a, you know, they want to pay a coach less than what they pay Quinville at like $5 million. 
The other thing too is um, I wonder if some of the players that, you know, we've come to love over the last two seasons are probably going to be on their way out because again, I don't, I don't see where Blashill fits into this, unless you're going to start selling some parts and trying to uh, revamp the roster and develop more of the homegrown talent that we have uh, coming up. Yeah. And that's the tricky thing about whether you let Andrew Burnett go because of the relationship with players and then bring in not only a new system, but a new personality when it comes to relating to these players and regardless of whether he stays, there's going to be some players who who are going to go due to cap reasons but if 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 Blashell or anyone else comes in there might be there might be even more uh players that might that might not fit in with the vision of what said coach uh wants and what they think is going to take this um this team over the top so i i think about it from a relationship standpoint it's not just okay plug in coach you guys play go it's it's it, that's not how the, the that's not how this works here and you got to have a relationship with players. You got to you got to earn trust in them. Traveling on the road is a very important part of that too, because you're not you're not in the confines of your own in your own region as well. And that's how uh, players and coaches relate too um, throughout some of those times throughout the season as well. And so that's the tricky part about if they decide to let go of someone like Andrew Burnett and. There is a report out there that Ulf Samuelson is no longer with the organization. And that gives me that that raises a few questions. Yep. And one of them could be who made the decision to let Ulf Samuelson go? Did he resign? Number one. Number two, was it Bill Zito who made that move? Or number three, maybe, maybe Andrew Burnett has been told that he's the coach. And it just hasn't made been made public yet. And that Andrew Burnett was the one that made the move to let go of Ulf Samuelson. No one knows why Ulf Samuelson left the organization. So the, uh, what, what was your reaction uh, when you saw that uh, report? Well, I think it's still speculation right now because what we saw on Twitter, I don't know if that account is verified, but um, I don't see it as a huge problem because unfortunately I don't think um, Ulf was able to instill the defensive structure that we needed. Um, I mean, it, we definitely improved this year, but um, you can tell in the playoffs, we still struggled with the same issues that, um, you know, year over year. And on top of that, um, once Andrew Burnett was promoted to interim head coach, um, I believe Ulf was actually running the power play. And during the season, you know, they were able to figure it out, but again, it comes to, you know, making those adjustments within games or within series. And, you know, Florida, for you know, lack of a better saying it, got knocked out of the playoffs because they couldn't score a player uh, playoff goal. I mean, a power play goal. So, um, you know, if, if it is indeed true that he is not with the organization anymore, then, you know, that could have been one of the you know main factors saying, hey, you guys had basically two series to score, you know, uh, a man advantage goal and couldn't get it done. And the account that tweeted that was uh, Rick Dollywall of the Athletic Vancouver. So mm -hmm. someone from a very uh, trusted uh, publication. Um, so so we'll know within the next uh, few weeks whether that report of Ulf Samuelson leaving the organization is official. But it's really I'm thinking about the why more than yep. more than anything. And and 
it, it, well, again, whether it's Bruno, whether it's whether it's Zito, or whether he himself left. But we're going to transition over to the next segment. We're going to talk about Claude Giroux speaking out based on his upcoming free agency uh, this summer. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA, UFC, and boxing. BetOnline is your continuous source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take your uh, to take our audience survey. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. I'm Ramondo Velez. I got Nick here. Uh, and Nick, uh, Claude Drew uh, spoke out based on his upcoming uh, free agency with Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic. And some of, the, some of the things that were spoken about were things that we already knew and things that, that we heard were we got more of the human side of things of Claude. And, and one of the things that stuck out was like mindset about not thinking too much about it because when you really when you really think about it, he was he was a walk-on in juniors and a walk-on in juniors getting all the way to a first round pick, signed multiple extensions with the Philadelphia Flyers. So this is the first time this is the first time that he's he's gotten traded or and the first time he's become a, a free agent. And so this is a little bit of a different territory for no pun intended for mm-hmm. uh Claude Giroux as far as his mindset going into a season he's used to whenever it's an off season, he know he's, he, he knew in the past that he was reporting to Philly, but then I also, I also like what he said about shutting the brain off and taking a little bit of time uh, to think about it. And the agent is in contact with Bill Zito on a possible deal, but of course things we knew already, it has to make sense for the family and it has to make sense as far as winning a cup. So I kind of like that he uh, he provided a little bit of the human side of things about about you know taking a little bit of break from the hockey after uh, after the Panthers were eliminated and take taking a little bit of time like re- resting the brain. Yeah, and that's um, sometimes you don't really get that out of a player, especially when they're being interviewed. They're they're giving you like straight you know generic. Uh, euphemisms or any kind of statement that, you know, you know, will keep them safe. But, um, you know, it was very good to hear that Giroux is more or less just like, hey, I'm going to take my step, my foot off the gas. Let me just think about what's going to be best for not only myself and my family, but also, you know, what's going to make sense for, you know, my career going forward. Um, you know, one thing that I think actually works in the Panthers favor is, you know, if you're following him on social media when he got traded um, within the first you know couple of weeks, 
Um, you know, he's posting pictures of his family, you know, down here in South Florida, and they looked happy. Um, they looked like they were thrilled to be here and that just everything just was falling into place. Um, unfortunately for Claude, you know, the Panthers didn't make it where the Colorado Avalanche, you know, are right now. And that was the other team that was uh, seeking his services. But, you know, I, I don't think that's the end all be all. I mean, I guess for this current situation, but, you know, it does bring up the question again. What's going to matter more to him? Is he actually going to go and try and chase for a cup? Is he going to resign with Florida? Or is it going to be more about uh, the monetary uh, value that he can uh, get out on the market? Um, you know, it'll be the first time he can do that. So it'll be very interesting to see, um, number one, what he decides, um, if it's family or monetary, or if it's family and wanting to win a cup. And after reading the article... The first thing I thought of, I wrote this in our chat and, and I'm going to say this on, on the show as well. I'm glad that the Florida Panthers are going to be the first team at the negotiating table when it comes to re-signing him. Uh, I keep I keep wanting to say July 1st, but free agency has been moved <laughs> back back a little bit. So I'm, I'm so used to thinking that it's July 1st. So uh, I believe it's July 13th uh, when uh, free agency opens. Uh, so the Panthers are first at the negotiating table and there's a, there's a possibility that Claude Drew doesn't even get to talk to these other teams as well. If the, if Bill Zito and company could find something that's suitable for both sides of things, I'm not sure if it's more than a one-year deal, uh, mm -hmm. but I, I'd be very shocked if it's more than more than one, because you, you, you still got to try to resign Huberto. Mackenzie Weger, he 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 he'll be a UFA in a few years. I'm not sure if you give him a long term deal. I'd be very hesitant on on a on a long term deal like an I'd be hesitant on like an eight year deal of some sorts for for Weger. But uh, you still gotta you gotta try to like reset the cap uh, in, in a few years once the Yandel buyout is out of the way. So that mm -hmm. because Spencer's going to be an RFA in a few um well the year after excuse me. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, mixing and matching that Bill Zito has to do in order to fit everything. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of accounting that's going to need to be done, and you need to figure out who's going to be a part of your team going forward, who's going to be a part of the core, who's not going to be a part of the core anymore. And, you know, it, it really just, you know, you have to set yourself up for success, not only now, but in the future. So, I mean, it's it's, you know, our favorite topic or our favorite player recently, uh, Mr. Weger. Um, I think it's, um, I think you need to plan for the future with him. Um, he's going to go get a lot of money and he's going to get it most likely somewhere else. Uh, unless you're trading an Ekblad or you're trading another player that's making, um, you know, a large sum of money, whether that's Bob or something like that. But you have to really understand if you want to protect the team itself and also get a return on your investment. So, um, you know, if you were to pull off a trade with Mackenzie Weger, what does that return package look like and what can you turn that into? Um, you know, are you going to use those assets to acquire more assets? And, you know, are you going to be better in the cap because of that? So I, I think right now with the whole Giroux situation, um, you have to think that either Weger is going to have to go or you're going to have to get let go of a forward or two. And, you know, the top two people that I'm thinking um, and I know Jacob's going to not like this answer, but um, you have Patrick Hornquist um, with his contract. And then uh, I'm going to put Anthony Duclair on there. Um, you know, you have possibly Ole Samuelson that was let go because of the power play performance in the playoffs. Anthony Duclair was a 
basically a no show in the playoffs, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm kind of going with everything. If you need to make the moves necessary to fit Claude Giroux, mm-hmm. I was going to more of Patrick Hornquist and Brandon Montour, if that's the thing, um, because Montour does have term on on his contract as well, and it's a very movable contract for it's mm-hmm. it's a very team friendly um, type of cap hit for anyone to take him. So I don't think it'll be too expensive to to move someone like Montour as well. So that that that's the thing with that and. And, and like, like we said, it's, it's about winning for Claude Drew. He said that he came to Florida to, to win a cup. And so we'll, we'll see. Like I said, first at the negotiating table, which is a beauty for, for the Panthers. But we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we're going to talk about the conference final and, and talk about the experience versus inexperience there. So we're going to talk about that on the, in the next segment here. On Lockdown Panthers. Third and final segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. So, Nick, for the conference final now, we're recording this actually the morning uh, after uh, game five of the Eastern Conference final. Usually, usually I've been recording these before the game starts, but now now uh, we got the result uh, for game five, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, win through one at Madison Square Garden. And really, we're now starting to see the inexperience for New York. I mean, they got a very young team uh, and still a little bit a bit little hobbled with Ryan Strom and Philip Heedle uh, and one even strength goal in the last three games. And we, we, we've, we've been hearing about New York, not being the best uh, even strength team there. They, they are a team that thrives on the power play. It's funny how New York and Florida are opposites when it comes to even strength and special teams, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, that, that is not, that, that is not helping. And uh, Igor's standing on his head. He, he really gave the New York Rangers a chance to win, but, now with that game five win for Tampa Bay, I think this gets closed out uh, Saturday night in game six. I think your prediction would be, you know, it's well thought out and it's logical because if we look at the numbers for Andre Vasilevsky of closing out a series, he's not human at all. I think he had as a save percentage of over 950. Amazing. And I, and I think he's had shutouts in probably four six, to six or, or six of the like last that. seven. Six of the last seven. Mm. I think two of those, I think two of those are the Florida. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But no, I I do think it does get closed out because I think as soon as Tampa either tied the series or they went down two one and they got a game back in Tampa, uh, New York was on their heels. New York had them basically dead to rights and unfortunately just couldn't get a game out in Tampa. If that was the case, then I I honestly would have taken them in about six, but um, yeah, I mean, you have a young team that only thrives on the power play, but unfortunately can't score, you know, five on five. That's a recipe for disaster. You have to have a balanced attack, um, you know, as we know here in Florida. Um, but the other thing, too, is that you can't just rely on your goaltender. And it seems like, you know, Tampa is willing to grind and willing to wait out uh, to get their opportunities. And that's what they've done the last three games. Um, you know, it seems like all three of the games have come close and that they've scored within the last minute to win the game. And, you know, um, whether you want to call it small little mistakes that the Rangers are making, 
Tampa Bay is taking advantage of what they have in front of them. And, you know, Sir, uh, Jeff scored two big goals last night. Actually, I think Palat's the one that got the game winner again. It went off his shin pad. But um, you can just see that there is a mental difference. And um, New York is just running around in their defensive zone with a minute to go with no possession. And Tampa is just casually passing it around and finding their opportunities. So um, I agree with you 100% that this is going to be closed out and we're going to have a Tampa Bay and Colorado final. And and there was an opportunity to to take the lead for the New York Rangers. I mean, uh, there's a pass from Andrew Kopp to Ryan Strum and just a pass that couldn't be handled right in front of the net. And you, you think about you think about this uh, New York Rangers team and low scoring games. This is this is honestly, it, it like this this is such fun hockey to like low scoring low scoring and just. The anticipation. I'm glad the, neither of these teams are my teams uh, watching this. <laughs> and just every shot is like, is this going to go in? Is this not going to go in? And just with 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 that with uh, with the New York Rangers. I mean, again, balance attack. You said, and with the Rangers, them being unable to score even strength, it's going to be there. It's going to be what's going to possibly be the downfall of their season. But this isn't a detriment to like what they're building. I mean, they have an outstanding coach. We Florida Panther fans know all about that coach and Gerard Gallant, mm-hmm. a young, very young team who's ahead of schedule, playing with house money, came back th- from a 3-1 series lead against Pittsburgh, a 3-2, um, excuse me, series deficit, um, a 3-2 series deficit against Carolina, where the home the home team won the first six games until New York won game seven. And then right right here against the the defending two-time Stanley Cup champions. The And there's at least like six or seven players who are under the age of 25 on this team, mm-hmm. and they're challenging this Tampa Bay Lightning team. This is this is fun. And, of course, the kid line of Lafreniere, Heedle, and Capocacco, it's, 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 it's fun hockey. It's, it's a lot of fun hockey to watch. And um, I, I kind of, I kind of have, I kind of create, it kind of created a little bit of a, of a soft spot for, for New York and a little bit of uh, respect uh, heading their, their way. And of course, uh, Fra- we, we love Frank Vetrano here. He's gotten into a little bit of scuffles in, in this series. <laughs> uh, no love lost between Frank Vetrano and the Tampa Bay lightning. And of course the coach. So uh, it, it's been fun, but the, just once again, the inexperience for this New York Rangers team, it's starting to show. Definitely. And, uh, you know, I, you know, we, we were talking about coaches in the first segment, you know, who, you know, I would love to have Gerard Gallant come back uh, and coach the Florida Panthers right now, because uh, it, it seems like he's, you know, got the buy-in of all the veterans that are on that team, but also he's got the young kids who are, you know, expected to be developing, playing at the top of their game right now. And, doesn't that seem something that the Florida Panthers could use right now, especially with where they're going and what they're trying to accomplish right now. But I digress. Um, you know, Frank Vitrano was always a treasure here. I know that, you know, before he was traded that he didn't score in the last 20 games, but he was always somebody that put in the effort that always would forecheck and uh, cause a lot of disruption. And, you know, he didn't forget about playing uh, all those times against Tampa Bay, even in the playoffs. Um you know, I, I think that's one player that, you know, unfortunately we did have to let go because of monetary reasons. But, um, you know, Bill Zito did do him a service to get him on the Rangers and look where they are now. So um, 
we'll see where the Rangers go uh, next season. Um, you know, like we said, we do think that the series is going to be over, but, you know, maybe, you know, they take another step. Uh, they had, a, you know, another veteran or maybe that their rookies or their young talent takes another step and actually can take more of the uh, responsibility going forward. Mm. Yeah, and you were talking about the forecheck and the the forecheck for the New York Rangers worked really well in the first uh, few games and it was creating a lot of scoring opportunities and even their one goal. Uh, yesterday, um, last night from Lindgren, it was once again blocker side against Andre Vasilevsky. And, and I tweeted out saying, hmm, another blocker side goal on Vasilevsky. It's like they know how to score on him or something with the with the thinking emoji. So those those adjustments, I'm telling mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And um you you were talking about we were talking about Steve Eiserman and um and make making uh the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean Andre Palat. Uh, a, a, I believe he's a seventh round pick, if I'm not mistaken, late round, yes. late round pick. He, he, I think, I think he's a free agent uh, this off season. And once again, once again, um, when you're a contender, when you're a contender, you're gonna, you're gonna have to let go of uh, some people and you're gonna have to make some tough decisions. And we saw the third line of Goudreau, Gord and Coleman leave last year. And Palat is um, just double check. Palat is a UFA, uh, seven, for, former seventh round pick from the 2011 draft. So chances are he's going to get paid uh, as, as well. So Steve Eisenman, uh really built that team well, and he's going to he's also helped uh, the some other uh, players help them get their their pay as well. So, man. So uh, I, I will add to that real quick, if you don't mind. Go for it. So the fact that he's a UFA. Guess who's got a lot of money to spend? Mm-hmm. Detroit. Oh, so I think Stevie Eisenman is going to go shopping this offseason. I think Palat's going to be at the top of his list as far as uh, a veteran presence and uh, putting somebody on the second or third line that could really show the young guys on that team uh, what it takes to win. Yeah, uh, I, I just checked uh, Detroit's uh, cap friendly. They have thirty five million in cap just, space just a little bit <laughs> that's that's quite a, that's quite a bit <laughs> and mm-hmm. detroit they have uh they just signed uh they just signed uh the, uh, uh simon um edvinson um i mm-hmm. forget um um uh, simon edvinson uh, who played in the shl uh six round pick for them and also their pipeline of goaltending sebastian coza is playing for the edmonton oil kings in the whl along with florida panthers prospect justin sort of who yes. who has 14 points in 17 games for the edmonton oil kings and was averaging over a point per game with uh vancouver giants and and the edmonton oil kings and edmonton is one win away from winning the whl championship and advancing to the memorial cup um so the the pipeline for for Detroit is great with Coza and and um, Edmondson as as well. So Steve Eisenman, man, um, that that dude's a genius. He knows how he knows how to build teams. And I, I was looking up at all the players that he drafted in Tampa Bay. I'm like, wow, he built mm-hmm. he built he built a powerhouse there in in Tampa. And Breezeball was able to finished the job for him too, too bad. It didn't result in a cup for Iserman specifically, but he, he had, he definitely has his stamp there. Definitely. And you know, it, 
it's why Florida, and I'm going to bring this back to us. Um, mm-hmm. This is why Florida needs to be wise in who they're going to choose as their coach. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Bruno made the decision to get rid of um, Samuelson, if that is true. Um, yes. I do. Th- uh, yeah, exactly. I do think it did come from up top, and I do think that Florida is going to be bringing in a coach, and this is why they need to bring in somebody with experience to guide the team to the promised land. I don't think bringing in another coach who's not as tenured or doesn't have that pedigree is going to help this team very much. You have teams like Ottawa. You have teams like Detroit that are on the rise right now, and you still have to deal with Tampa. You still have to deal um, – with uh, who else is in the division right now? Uh, of course, the Leafs. How could we forget them? Our first round buddies, you know, or it used to be. And, you know, you have a two-year, maybe three-year window where you need to take advantage of this time because if not, then you need to start maybe retooling or maybe rebuilding yourself and really trying to make sure that, um, you know, you're solidifying your spot at least top three spots in the division and Detroit could be one of those teams in the next two or three years. Let's also put a little respect on um, Buffalo um, for what they're doing yeah. um, for after the Jack Eichel trade, bringing in Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, Owen Power is going to be in the the mix. Um, Rasmus Dahlin has been there for a little bit now. So they, even though it's going to be like two or three years until the Sabres make a jump, I kind of like what they're doing and trying to like rebuild their, their franchise as well. So uh, Buffalo is another one, but it's going to be a little bit. And I still mm-hmm. expect the Florida Panthers to at least get their fair share of wins um, over, over Buffalo uh, next season. But I, I like what Buffalo is building as well. But Nick, I want to thank you for joining on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Again, uh, hopefully um, the with, with the where the Florida Panthers are at, still no announcement of the coach. Hopefully by the time you come on next week, we are talking about a new coach for the Florida Panthers or or maybe we could be talking about Andrew Burnett still being the coach and give our thoughts uh, on what uh, what where the what this means for the direction of the Florida Panthers. But uh, plug in plug in your stuff. Tell people where they can find you online. Well, thank you again, Armando, for having me on. It's always fun to have uh, the conversations with you and, uh, you know, look forward to seeing, you know, what unfolds in the next couple of weeks. But a um, couple of things. Uh, number one, if you guys check Twitter right now, you guys can follow me at Prudential Zero. Um, and also, I think John Boudreaux just announced that John Tortorella is going to be taking the Flyers job. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then on that side note, uh, you guys can follow my work on pantherparkway.com. I'm hoping to have some articles out this summer to talk about where the direction of the team is going, what's needed, and maybe some, you know, uh, maybe unpopular opinions that I may want to, uh, to instill into everybody. I know that we had a podcast about that before, a segment about it, but I kind of want to bring that back. It was a really good idea. <laughs> that's for sure that would uh definitely uh be be fun that's for sure but uh thank um nick thank you once again for joining anytime and if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the lockdown florida panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed don't forget to also subscribe to lockdown fantasy hockey and the crosscheck nhl show with andrew berkshire and mary clark will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. And for your second listener of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown NHL. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. 
So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.